The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts. The Heart of Art, scoping the Brussels Valley for the best artists and bringing them to your radio. Hello, good evening everyone. Welcome back to the KME Studios. My name is Hector Nino and you're listening to The Heart of Art. Today in the KME Studios, we have a very special show planned for you. My first guest will be Dr. James Arbald III. He actually has been here with us before. But for this episode, for today's episode, we are going to be talking about the Academy of Visual and Performing Arts, which he is the director of. Yeah, so they have a lot planned for this year and this this season of the Academy of Visual and Performing Arts. Now that we are on a better route towards... Um, fixing our COVID situation. We are having more live performances. It is very exciting. And yeah, make sure to stay tuned in to know what's going on, uh, what what arts are going to be coming here to the Brazos Valley. Jim is also the new assistant dean for the School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts. This was a new school that just started this September. And uh, we're going to see what changes are coming forward and uh, what we can see in the future. All right, and for my second interview, I will be revi- revisiting my in- conversation with Sam Woodfin. He is an oil painter and lecturer under the visualization department, and we talk a lot about uh, his use of color and what that means for him in his oil paintings. All right, now for the announcements, I did want to highlight that tomorrow, September 14th, uh, at 7 p.m. in the Rotor Auditorium, the AVPA is having the showing of Dancing Earth Between Underground and Skyworld. Uh, but we will be going more in-depth uh, about this uh, during our interview, so make sure to stay tuned. And I did want to remind you all, the heart of art at tamu.edu is the email that you can email about any artists. I would love to have any students, if you are listening and you are interested in art, please email theheartofart at tamu.edu. I would love to have your perspective. We have a great show planned for you, and let's start the show. Today in the studio, we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. James R. Ball III, but we're friends, so I get to call him Jim. (laughs) (laughs) He's the director of the Academy of Visual and Performing Arts and was currently assigned assistant dean for the new School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts. He's also an author of Theater of State, a Dramaturgy of the United Nations. And hi, Jim. Welcome back to the KMU Studios. Hi, Hector. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. Oh, thank you so much for, for stopping by. I mean, I think... Um, this show and the AVPA have a lot in common, which is, uh, you know, t- to expose the arts to the uh, the people here in the Brazos Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, do you think that's something important for the AVPA to do? I, I mean, I think that is central to our mission and our vision uh, at the AVPA. 
our charge is to enhance the arts in the area, and we see the function that we serve as being to bring nationally and internationally renowned artists here to campus, to our area, to make those shows accessible, not just to our students and to our faculty, but also to everyone uh, in our community. Uh, we keep our ticket prices very low. Their tickets are always $5 for students and just $12 for our, our community uh, friends and partners. Awesome. And yeah, that's essential. I think that, that you're doing the same work here with Heart of the Art to, to get the word out about what's happening, what tremendous artistic forms of expression we already have going on in our community and, yep. and all the new wonderful things that are coming. Yeah, I mean, just doing the show itself, I realized there was so much more that I didn't know was going on in the Brazos Valley. Mm. So, I mean, thank you so much for bringing all of this to, to, <laughs> to the Brazos Valley. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so what events do you have planned for, for this season? Well, we're very excited. I think this is the first season since I've took over as director of the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts where we really have a full slate of performances where uh, artists are traveling again and we're back in the theaters and we have a lot of really exciting stuff. So, so the season actually starts uh, tomorrow, Thursday, right. September 15th, uh, with a show by a company called Dancing Earth. They're a multicultural contemporary dance company. And the show is called Between Underground and Sky World. And I've actually come to you today from just being in a workshop that they gave to some of our students in performance studies that was absolutely fantastic, giving us the, the history of this company that has been making important work since the early 2000s. Uh, uh, the stakes of what goes on in their work. They're very committed to thinking about environmental justice and movement and, and interdisciplinary approaches to dance and theater making. So that's going to be a very exciting show. It's going to be a big show in Rudder Auditorium again tomorrow night uh, at 7 p.m. Dancing Earth between Underground and Sky World. Please come out and check it out. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic kickoff to our season. That's the first show. I mean, I think it's awesome that your students are also benefiting from the people that, that are coming over and visiting. Yeah. That's oh, absolutely. Great. Our charge at the AVPA our, the way we make our programming decisions is really driven by what our students need to be exposed to and to be seeing in our classrooms and by what our faculty are interested in researching. So it's serving research and teaching needs and that means that we're bringing stuff that's really at the cutting edge that, that is, is uh, the sort of things you're not going to see a lot of other places and that are pushing the envelope in terms of, of what they can do with their respective forms, whether they be dance, theater, music, visual arts. And of course, we're always seeking things that are interdisciplinary, that are crossing lines. So in this mm -hmm. case, this is a piece that is drawing on dance traditions and theater traditions in particular ways. Later in the semester, we'll have uh, music and cinema coming together. We have a variety of, of devised theater makers. So there's some really exciting stuff coming up. And, and all of our artists when they come they work with our students and and uh, come into our classrooms uh, and increasingly we, we hope to have more and more uh, community uh, workshops uh, moments where members of our community can get together with these artists and get a taste of what they do and learn from them as well we had some exciting opportunities like that this past spring and I think we'll have more as we head into April yeah well, that's great let us know when that that happens and sure I mean that's awesome that you're getting like a bunch of birds with just one stone. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we get a good bang for our buck with everything we do. Definitely, yes. 
All right, so what's next? Yeah, so that's September 15th. Later in the mm-hmm. month, September 29th, we've actually partnered with two other organizations in the area, Friends of Chamber Music uh, and the Brazos Valley Jazz Society. And together, our three organizations are bringing Samara Joy, who's a jazz vocalist and a, a sort of a rising star in, in the jazz world. Uh, so she'll be giving a performance uh, with a, a small jazz trio. That'll be on September 29th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. We're very excited for that show as well, in, in, especially because of the way it's bringing together a few different community organizations, a few different arts organizations in the area with uh, different programming goals and so on. Right, yeah, we had Elinda Reese in the, here. Oh, not excellent. Couple, there you go. So <laughs> you know all about Samara Joy coming. I don't right, need to yes. go into much more detail. <laughs> After that, in October, uh, October 20th, we have a company coming from Detroit. They're called A Host of People, and their show's called Cleopatra Boy. And I'm excited for this one because it's been scheduled and canceled once or twice already. Oh. Had to be moved because of COVID because when the, the various spikes and waves came, uh, it wasn't easy for that company to travel. So we are finally hosting them. Uh, that show is on October October 20th, 7 p.m. in Rudder Theater. It's going to be a really interesting uh, show, uh, sort of a performance ritual uh, uh, looking at uh, several different historical figures, all women, so kind of a feminist revisionist history. I think awesome. it's going to be a really cool show. And this company, they they last uh, presented the show in Philadelphia. Again, they're from Detroit. Uh, they come from a wide range of backgrounds, uh, all doing device theater. Some really exciting work there. So that show is uh, probably one of uh, one of the ones I'm most excited for this fall. Uh, also very excited, soon after them, on November 4th, we will have another piece of theater, a show called The Following Evening, and that's by a company called 600 Highwaymen. And 600 Highwaymen has been making news a lot of different places lately. They had several innovative performances uh, throughout the pandemic that involved uh, no actors on stage, and and very often they were remote. I, I took part in one of their performances that was called A Thousand Ways Part Two, where I called a telephone number, and another audience member called another telephone number, and we were connected on the phone, and then there were some recorded bits of dialogue and music and prompts and other things, but that made the whole play together. So that's wow. the sort of thing 600 Highwaymen has been doing. And I should say, they're called 600 Highwaymen, but but it's a husband and wife, it's, it's a duo. Oh. And they are, after doing all of this work that's very remote and, and experimental, they're turning back to their theatrical roots. And so mm-hmm. what we have coming in November, the following evening, is is a, a a more traditional play, more traditional piece of theater with actors seated. We're watching it, but something that's going to be very exciting. They represent uh, Six Hundred Highway Ren represent the the contemporary theatrical avant garde in in New York City. But for this show, they're working with uh, another couple, another husband and wife who come out of the nineteen sixties theatrical avant garde in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so they've worked together to put together this piece the following evening. Sort of a, as I understand it, I'll learn more when I see it. A bit of a love letter to theater. Now, the other exciting thing about that show is that we are really getting it as a a sneak preview. It will have its New York City premiere, its off-Broadway premiere at Lincoln Center Theater uh, next spring at some point. And so it's still in development a little bit, still in previews. So they're bringing it here to finish working on it some, and and we get to to be a part of that process to see what what they are doing. And that's also part of what we see our charge as in the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, right, to helping incubate these uh, artists wherever they are on their their journey with their pieces and bringing that process to our audience and to our community to to see it in action. Wow, we're very lucky to to get that sneak peek. Yeah, I um, I think it's going to be an exciting show and I hope folks will come out for that one. Mm-hmm. That's November fourth uh, yeah. in Rudder Forum. 
and I mean, we know COVID isn't over completely mm. yet, but I'm, I'm so happy that we are now able to have performances, live performances. Absolutely. That's great. <laughs> Me too. It's nice to all be together. Though I still, you know, I'm hoping in the spring we'll have at least one more bit of virtual performance. Just because we're back in theaters doesn't mean, you know, I think we learned a lot about the possibilities and affordances of what we can do digitally mm-hmm. and online over yeah. the last few years. And there's no reason to, to turn our backs on that. Right. We can do both. We can do everything. Well, let's yeah. just do all the theater. For sure. (laughs) All right, what's next? DJ Spooky? Yeah, so DJ Spooky. That's on November 9th. Mm -hmm. Uh, And DJ Spooky is, you know, a hip-hop pioneer, instrumentalist, and uh, 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 these sorts of things. This show that he's doing, it's called Arctic Rhythm. And it's based on some trips he took to the Arctic Circle, and I believe to the Antarctic as well, where he made some recordings, some film recordings, and was just sort of inspired by... Uh, seeing those spaces, those landscapes, and also understanding the sort of effects of climate change on them, the fact that they are uh, melting and 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 uh, in danger of, of disappearing. So this piece I- involves uh, his music, uh, live video, or not live video, excuse me, video projections uh, from these trips, and then he's also then collaborating with a string quartet. So we'll have a, a string quartet from Austin, I'm sorry, from Houston, the Apollo Chamber Players. They'll be joining us on stage for, for this performance uh, uh, of this music. So wow, that that's very awesome. exciting. <laughs> and that, that sort of closes out our, our fall season. Looking ahead to the spring, I'll just kind of run through it r- relatively quickly. We have a, a group called Vision Duo coming in early February, and that's a marimba player and a violinist who work together, and are they're both young and, and very socially engaged. And so it's an exciting collaboration. To, to see and be a part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, following that, in uh, late March, we have uh, another group. It's called Rising Tides, the or excuse me, the Crossroad Projects, Rising Tides. And that is also focused on, on climate change, but that brings together a physicist, composer, string quartet, and uh, a painter kind of working in these interdisciplinary, multidisciplinary wow. modes uh, to stage this sort of portrait of uh, 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 the climate crisis today. And then finally, we close in April. I, I, I kind of alluded to this, that there'd be these other forms of community engagement. We have a, a week-long residency from a group called Artichoke Dance, and that residency will involve a series of pop-up performances. They'll be working in several of our classes, and there will also be opportunities for the wider community to, be, to get engaged and to be involved and to take part uh, in those shows. Oh, so nice. I hope folks will kind of watch this space. There will be more information about that as we get into the spring and, and things get uh, a bit more solidified uh, mm-hmm. but that's going to be a, a really exciting performance and that'll be in late April that awesome. that goes on C- kind of around close to Earth Day awesome and I encourage people to keep an eye out for for Artichoke Dance Company mm-hmm. with the AVPA and, and of course if you haven't already please sign up for our mailing list at the AVPA if you go to academyarts.tamu.edu you can find a link there that says mailing list and, and you sign get all on. the news yeah we send a lot of emails so okay. yes. sign up mm-hmm. awesome awesome um, just so you all know, Jim has no paper in front of him. This is coming off straight from his head. <laughs> I mean, do you have these memorized or did you? Yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm a little worried that I mis- messed up the name of the, the Rising Tides performance. I can't quite recall if it's 
the Crossroads Project colon Rising Tides or Rising Tides colon the Crossroads Project? I have Rising Tide and then the Crossroads Project. Then that's the one it is. Okay. It's Rising Tides, <laughs> the Crossroads Project. Great. Uh, the failure of my memory is no indication or no uh, of, of my excitement for the work. I no, am I mean, you just listed all of that with the dates and the times and yeah. locations. <laughs> I mean, I'm so impressed. That is amazing. <laughs> We've got a great season coming up. I hope folks will come out. Yeah, yeah. We're excited for this. Mm-hmm. And I guess do double check my work with what's listed on our website at academyarts.tamu.edu right. because yeah. memory is fallible. Go double check for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, you guys, we will be going on a quick break, but do not go anywhere. We will be right back. Support for KAMU is provided by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts, presenting Between Underground and Sky World, an exploration of renewable energy from differing ancestral, cultural, and practical perspectives by mixed heritage dance company Dancing Earth on Thursday, September 15th at 7 p.m. in Rudder Auditorium. More information at academyarts.tamu.edu. You're listening to The Heart of Art with Hector Nino, and this is a continuation of my interview with Dr. James R. Ball III. All right, so now the New School of Performance, Visualization, and yeah. Fine Arts. What is going on there? What What's sure. changing? So on September 1st of this year, we launched the School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts at Texas A&M University. Wow. And I'm very excited. So I uh, serve as Assistant Dean for Industry and Community Engagement in the New School. And this launch of the school in September is the the culmination of really a, a year of work. Uh, some of you may be aware that there was a, a report released at the beginning of last year um, about uh, changes to be made to the university. It was called The Path Forward, and the, the president uh, uh, approved several of these changes to go forward, and one of them uh, involved the creation of a new school uh, that would be focused on visual and performing arts. Uh, in the spring, a working group was convened, and you can, of course, find the, the minutes of the working group online. You can find the reports that came out of the working group. Uh, mm-hmm. I was uh, very privileged to take part in that working group, and, and uh, together we began to formulate what is now the School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts. So the school brings together, begins with three pre-existing units at the university. They, They were the Department of Visualization, the Department of Performance Studies, and our Dance Science Program. Okay. Those programs were each previously housed in different colleges, in the, the College of Architecture, in the College of Liberal Arts, and in the College of Education and Human Development. So we've now all come together to, to be our own independent unit, which is the School for Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts. And we have a charge to I- expand the footprint of the arts on campus, to, to, to grow, to offer more arts programming, to continue to be innovative and preeminent, but also to, to make a place for uh, all sorts of different um, arts education for, for our Aggies and for new students. So at the moment, it's it's the existing programs that, that are continuing now under this new focus. We're excited to have them all together in one place. I think that one thing that really excites most of us uh, in this new situation is the potential for interdisciplinary collaboration. Uh, now, I think all of us in those units in visualization, performance studies, and and 
the dance science had collaborated in in one-off ways before but now we really were we're sharing a space we are figuring out how to work together and there's, there's a much different energy about trying to find new connections between our programs and we hope that the, some of those new connections are going to turn into new degree programs as well so we've already been talking about a new device theater program that kind of would draw from some of our dance faculty and performance studies faculty. A uh, music uh -huh. technology program that's going to draw from visualization and performance studies. We've had other groups come together to talk about a, a wide variety of ways that we could imagine new interdisciplinary degrees. And then other groups kind of thinking about what the place is for the more conventional and traditional fine arts and that type of thing at the school as well. Mm -hmm. So we're okay. in a, a transitional moment. We're we're in a moment where something new and exciting has come together, where we we feel a lot of potential, and we're chasing that potential and thinking about what it could be, and we're just really excited for what the next couple of years are going to bring. Yeah. Um, we are eventually going to have our own space. There's going to be a new uh, performing arts center on campus, excuse me, a new visual and performing arts center, because mm -hmm. it is going to hopefully have a gallery space as well and be supporting our, our fine and visual arts programs. Uh, and that'll be a new space in which uh, uh, all of the academic missions of these units will come together, but also we'll have a strong public facing component so that when I come here to talk to you about our AVPA shows, I'll be saying come to the Visual and Performing Arts Center to see them there. Ooh, that sounds nice. That yeah. has a nice ring to it. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not officially named yet, so don't get too attached. We'll okay. see. <laughs> Wait, right. We'll still waiting on the My name. My experience is that names often change. Definitely. So, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I remember coming in to College Station and uh, as a freshman and seeing all the arts in different colleges mm -hmm. so it's nice to see them all together now yeah. um i did i was wondering like why does the college of science have an arts department as well is that like humanities or so you mean the college of arts and sciences yes, the new one. college mm -hmm. of arts and sciences so i mean of course the the term art refers to a, a lot of different things and right. performance studies was in the college of liberal arts previously and was taken up into the the in college of liberal arts is now part of the college of arts and sciences okay you know i think that that the way that they treat arts is in thinking about uh, human and culture and expression in a variety of ways. There are many different departments in the College of Arts and Sciences from English to anthropology to, to let's see, communications. All of these units are thinking about the arts and have arts coming into them. And then what we do in the School of the Arts is on the one hand, a, a there is a different sort of emphasis on practice, but also, you know, there's still space for all of us who come out of uh, humanities tradition and do all of that theorizing and scholarship and so on is, is, is integrated into what's happening into the School of the Arts, in the School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts right. as well. And, and so I will say as well, you know, that's the other thing to keep in mind. You know, when you came here, as you said, everything was distributed. Arts were all over the place. Now mm -hmm. coming together under this one roof, the School of Performance, Visualization, and Fine Arts, we don't want to see that coming together as a sort of sequestering of the arts. I think that the arts still exist everywhere you look on campus, right. and mm -hmm. it, it's important to recognize that there's art and artfulness in, in every degree you can do on this campus. Uh, and so that uh, several of these units have come together in the School of Performance Visualization and Fine Arts is to give them a different sort of you know momentum and to, to put a different kind of anchor to the arts on campus, but it's not to take them out of everywhere else right. that yeah. they were previously. Uh, the arts are still everywhere. The arts are still for everyone. And part of our charge in the School of Performance Visualization and fine arts is to, to keep on uh, breathing life into the arts all over our campus. Mm -hmm. It'll be great to see how everyone collaborates in, within one university, one college, yeah. sorry. <laughs> one, 
one school. One school. We're a school, not a college. But oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the School of Performance Visualization and Fine Arts. Interesting. So we're a little bit smaller than a college. Okay. So, right. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jim, for explaining all that for us. I mean, we learned a lot. There's a lot to expect for this semester. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for stopping by. It was my pleasure, Hector. And if I can answer any other questions, just have me on again. I'm happy to be here. Now we will be listening to uh, my interview with Sam Woodfin that took place on June 30th. And he's an oil painter. And he also won BuzzFeed's 100 Figurative Oil Painters working right now. So congratulations for that, Sam. And uh, how are you today? Thank you very much. I'm doing great. How are you doing? Doing great. I'm excited for our conversation today. Me too. All right. And um, if you want to go and check out uh, Sam's work through his website while we have this conversation, um, the website is samwoodfin.art. That's samwoodfin, W-O-O-D-F-I-N dot A-R-T. All right. Uh, Well, to start off, I'd like to go through the background of my guests. Um, So I wanted to ask you, where do you call home and where did this love for art begin? Great. Yeah. So I grew up in Bryan. Uh, so I'm actually a, a local townie. Um, I went to Bryan High, class of 2006, and uh, both of my parents were professors at the university here. And um, my mom's an artist. My dad's a landscape architect. And so I, I grew up around design and creative thinking and uh, it always just seemed like a natural thing to do. I always had a sketchbook with me, and uh, it was what I spent my time doing when I had to wait for other people. Right. So your parents really helped you develop this love then? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. They were really, really supportive. And have you always had that love for color? Because I feel like the first thing that I look at when I when I go into your website is the use of color. There's just so much, so many vibrant like uh, blues, reds, and greens, and purple. Um so yeah, where did that love for color start? That was later, actually. I think uh, I was afraid of color for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was lucky enough to be able to go to art school for my undergrad. I went to Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, awesome. in uh, Pasadena, California, and got uh, a Bachelor of Fine Art in Illustration Design. Oh. Um, and when I was making work there, I was working on painting, but mostly I was drawing and using pen and ink. So most of my work, I think, was monochromatic or black and white or had really simple color. And I was intimidated by color. I didn't really have a, a an intuitive understanding of how it related to itself. Um, so it was through years of practice later on, um, taking a couple of painting workshops after, after school, and then also uh, going back to school, going to graduate school, and and learning more, I think I got um, enough information for me to to be able to just take take it and run. Right. Um, I still think that the color I use is pretty simple, even though they are very bright colors. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I'm not trying to combine a whole bunch of different hues and make really complicated images. I really want the images to be very direct. Right. So the color choices are kind of simple in that, like, you know, if you go on my website, the first image is like a red figure on a blue background. So there's kind of a simple one, two statement there. Mm -hmm. So in some sense, there are a lot of colors, but it's, it's fairly, fairly simple. Um, so it was, it was later, it was through painting a lot that I, that I really grasped onto color and have started to use it. I've always wanted my painting and my drawing to get closer together. Hmm. And, 
that's been the, the frustrating part of my journey hasn't been that, oh, it's been a lot of work. It's a lot of work, no matter who you are. It's that um, I later figured out that painting and drawing are the same thing hmm. and that the, the distinction between them is fairly meaningless when you're actually making work. Yeah. Um, I mean, the reason why I mentioned color is because uh, the color that you do use is something that's not really found in nature very much. Mm. So it is a very like starking difference to the colors that we do find in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I think, uh, I think I want my paintings to be a different place. I don't mm. want them to feel like they are a, a moment of normality captured. Um, they're more of a psychological dreamlike space where the rules can be bent without things failing to make sense mm. or the image, you know, I want my images to be legible and in that sense, easy to, uh, easy to understand, maybe not easy to interpret in a lot of, in a lot of cases, mm -hmm. but you can look at the image and identify what is happening. Like, oh, there's a person on a horse and in a crowd of people. Why? I'm not necessarily making a, uh, a declarative statement about why. I'm putting the shapes next to each other and letting the tension between them be the why. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's up to the uh, viewer's interpretation, really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think that for me personally, I get a lot of satisfaction out of work that does that. Uh, and in a way, it's um, it requires the viewer to take a more active role in the art. Mm -hmm. um, not that they, you know, have to do any actions or anything, but um, it's more of a philosophical conundrum that requires a little bit of working through mm -hmm. to make declarative statements about the meaning of the work. So in that sense, I, I like that ambiguity. I think that's the the advantage of making a statement with an image rather than a rather than a sentence. You know, a sentence, even though words are abstract, images can be much more ambiguous, I think, in, in, in some cases. All right, you guys, that is the end of our show. Thank you so much to Dr. Jim Ball for letting us know what the uh, Academy of Visual and Performing Arts has in store for us for this season. And I encourage you guys to tune in next week because there might be an opportunity to win some tickets for that Samara Joy concert. So make sure to tune in next week. I'm Hector Nino, and you've been listening to The Heart of Art, a production of 90.9 KAMU-FM. You can find all of our shows anytime at kamu.tamu.edu. The Heart of Art is brought to you by the Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts at Texas A&M University, bringing innovative and culturally diverse visual and performing arts programming to Texas A&M University and the Brazos Valley. The Academy for the Visual and Performing Arts fosters the creativity of our community via the transformative power of the arts.